while your day is winding down, they're just getting started. This is South Coast Tonight with Chris McCarthy and Marcus Barrow. They've got you covered on all the news of the day, from local issues to politics on both sides of the aisle. This is the place where the movers and shakers come to be heard, to listen, and where they're held accountable. This is South Coast Tonight on WBSM. Good evening. Good evening. Welcome to South Coast Tonight. I'm Marcus Farrow. Second hour of the program. Thanks for joining me. 508-996-0500 is how you can get in the program. Uh, we can also take your messages on the WBSM app chat. Um, so w- what I did want to talk about... Um, I'm complaining about the amount of commercials we play. Commercials are what keeps this uh, station's lights on. So uh, I'll not apologize for playing commercials. <laughs> um, so uh, 508, and, and you know what? All, all these all these ads, uh, a lot of them, most of them, are, are, are local businesses um, that, uh, you know, local small businesses that could use your support that keep the lights on here and provide a lot of goods and services to the people of South Coast. So should enjoy the commercials and you should uh, buy the product or service um, as needed um, that they're selling you. Cause I think, you know, they, uh, they um, are investing not just in us, but in you. Um, and uh, I think it's worthwhile to take advantage of that opportunity and, and find the good, you know, the good services and products that they, they, um, they provide so 508-996-0500 that's how you can get on the program we can also take your messages on the app chat so i wanted to start a little bit talk a little bit about the prop two and a half override in fairhaven there's a vote that's coming on june 5th uh you as a fairhaven resident if you live in town will get to vote on whether or not um you want to raise the levy limit on uh municipal um, on your uh, municipal taxes in Fairhaven. Um, one of the reasons is, so if you're not familiar, Proposition 2.5 is a state law that was established via ballot referendum in 1980. Um, it caps the levy limit uh, that a ta- city or town can charge in taxes total, the total levy limit. So your taxes personally may go up over 2.5%, but the, the, they have to do it on... You know, so they do it, you know, basically property by property or case by case. Your your taxes personally may go up over two two uh two and a half percent, but the total levy limit has to be capped at two and a half percent. Right now, I believe in Fairhaven this year, the total it's something it's about nine dollars and change for uh, per $1,000 uh, $1, of value in a home. So if you have like a, so if you have, uh, Beth David actually wrote a good article in Neighborhood News about this a while back um, that's still available online. But yeah, 973 without the override uh, for each $1,000 in value. Um, with the override, the rate will be about $9.50 uh, 
and eighty four eleven cents more. The average increase will be about forty three dollars if for a home that's valued at three hundred ninety four dollars and fifty uh $395, let's just say. We'll round that up. Um, $43 annual increase. Uh, not annual like it'll be $43 each year, but for the year, $43 increase in your uh, municipal taxes. And for that, they want to, f- uh, it's because there's a budget shortfall about for, of about $450,000. Um, and uh, without the override to make up the gap in that budget, they'll have to cut some of the money in the budget and thus cut the services to the town. Five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred. Let's go to the phones. Good evening. Hey, Marcus. What's up, John? Yeah, I mean, um, I'm looking at this prop two and a half override as like a, as like a double whammy. You know, people are going to get they're going to get taxed more, but if they don't want it, then the the first responders get screwed. And they, you know, the, the, the town's budget. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you screw you. You screw if you do, yeah. and you screw if you don't. You know what I mean? Type of type of situation. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and the the school well, the, the school department apparently as well. But the first responders, the fire department, I mean, is still in, in dire need of of, uh, of a staffing of uh, increased staffing levels, and that's like a you know matter of public safety. I'm just curious to see like. Because I haven't read it yet, I haven't. I haven't. I know. I know you said I can go online and read it, read it like a, a section of it or whatever. But what else? What, what else is they are they putting in this? In this, um, I don't even know what it, what is it. Like, is, is it a bill or something? So, it's essentially um, on on June fifth. You go you go to the polls and you vote up or down, yes or no, whether or not you're going to authorize the town to right. um, to raise those taxes. So it won't be. A formal like bill to that'll be the authorization, and then I believe that they'll um, uh, I think they'll have the uh, they'll be able to um, assess the taxes after that uh, as as needed to make up the four hundred and fifty thousand dollars shortfall uh, in the budget. Yeah. So, like, where is it getting allotted though? Like, where is it? Where is it going? I know I know the first responders are going to get some of it, but where first else responders? I believe the school department, and there are also um, I think uh, current uh, they need to fill. It's kind of a similar situation in New Bedford. They need to fill certain positions that they're unable to fill because they're not able to bring the pay up to a competitive rate, and they're not able to do that with the current budgetary constraints that they have. And I think um, I, I, so. I believe those are the allocations. Certain positions in town uh, would get a. Yeah raised to fill staffing yeah i mean i i'm a republican you know that right it's like you know i'm um i hate when i hear the word raising taxes like it goes of course. you know no it, no one likes to pay more taxes no one yeah exactly but here's the here's the deal right if it's gonna go to something that you know is written down and there's proof that where it's going and it's going to a good a good spot like the first responders and the school department and stuff like that. I don't have a problem paying it, as long as they can back it up and say, yeah, this is where. Like I want to see receipts where it goes. You know what I mean? As long as I know where it's going and you know exactly how much is is, is coming out of my pocket, I don't have a I don't have a problem with it. Right. The problem that I I think people have with it is that they don't understand that there there's now I. I we, we talked a couple of, a couple of weeks back. I don't know if I can't remember if you said that there's a cap 
on that as, as as high as they can raise it. You know what I mean? So they can they raise are, it. They they make up the budget short. They make it up in the, so once they make up the budget shortfall, right, by raising the levy limit, that levy right. limit they set is now the new levy limit for town ta- uh, for the town. So that's they can't they can't raise it they can't raise the levy limit again unless they were to go get another reauthorization but they that new levy limit will be the levy limit for the town so whatever yeah, it is if it's whatever three and a half then that's the new levy limit going forward forever in a day so so it'll never it'll never come back down. Where the levy was. limit won't come back down. It won't necessarily right. mean that every year there'll be a three and a half percent raise in municipal taxes. But right. their authorization, their authorization, will not go away. It sets the new rate, um, essentially right. the new levy limit. Yeah, I think I think that's what's scaring people. Of course. What's that? I no, I get it. I get it because you're, you're, you know, you're authorized. Right now, there's a like I think a lot of people see it this way. Right now in the town, there's a safeguard, right, to to ensure yeah. that no matter how much your municipal taxes may go up, they won't be raised beyond a certain limit, right? Uh, there's a state right. law that that's supposed to be a safeguard for that, and you're basically asking them to, you know, uh, authorize, you know, to override that to and set this new limit in perpetuity, forever in a day. And so I I I, I get the I get the angst around it. Yeah, I think I think it, it it needs to be clarified more to the to the town residents because yeah. I see a lot of people that have these signs out in front of their houses and mm-hmm. I think that they're they're worried that there's no cap to it and they can just keep raising it as much as they want, you know. And I've talked to a few of my neighbors and they said the same thing. Oh, if we if we let them, you know, if this if this passes, they're gonna tax the hell out of us. I'm like, you know, there's, there is a. There, I, I I try telling them after I talk to you, like there is a a limit on this. They can't go. You know, any higher than what they need to a lot for the, the, to make up for that. Yeah, it's you know not I mean? it's not a free for all. They have to it, they yeah. set the limit so they, they they make up that budget gap. But whatever it costs to do that, whatever the new le- whatever that lemon levy limited is is now the new levy limit. So right, right. Yeah, you uh you must be excited huh, about the the baker coming to Fave. Uh, you know, I I like um I like Brandon. I think he puts out a good product, and and those yeah. I, I think those those that whole block in the restaurants, uh, the, those three restaurant areas uh, is something that's like I think needs to be brought back. That that's in a really nice area of town, but it's still even yeah. as nice as as it is hasn't met its full potential. So I'm excited to see what not just Brandon's going to do over there in, in Elizabeth's, but what you know there's the ice cream cottage there and they're they're going to do uh you know Jason Lanigan uh he's going to do something with uh with Margaret's as well so uh yeah. it'll, I think it'll be really good for the town yeah me and uh me and my brother we grew up with Brandon went to school together pretty much all the way up through uh Catholic school oh yeah and uh yeah, my brother used to work at the Baker. He said he remembers you coming in there all the time. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, it was a good spot when I was working downtown at uh, you know in my uh, in the as when I was doing um when I was a criminal defense attorney, I was working downtown. That was a yeah, regular yeah. spot for me for sure. Yeah, I love it. Why? Well, I figured you'd be excited for him to come over. Yeah, I'm 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 excited to try it out. You know what I mean? It's not going to be like the Baker though. It's going to be no. Like it's going to be a restaurant. It's going to be like a full yeah. a full menu and full menu and bar. So. Um, you know, with the with the product he's put out there to to bring that creativity and talent over to to something new to a new venture in, in that area too is is just really exciting. Yeah, that, that area is very very lucrative. You know, mm-hmm. there's a lot a lot of potential in that area. All right, Marcus, I appreciate it, man. Have a good night. Thanks, Sean.
Yeah. So this is, there's a story on WBSM.com you can check out. I wrote, I talked to Brandon Roderick, um, who's the owner, o- owner and founder of the Baker. They're opening a restaurant in the old Elizabeth, uh, down, uh, in, in the Fairhaven village. And that's all part of a project that, um, you know, it's part of this broader project that like, um, uh, Jason, uh, J- Jay Lanigan, um, you know, who's the, who founded Rose Alley and, uh, and Cork and, uh, you know, dozen other restaurants in the area, the uh, Profile Tavern. Um, he, you know, he and his partner, Peter Cullen, who bought the buildings, those three buildings over there. And I think you know where they are over by, right over near the, um, right over near the port and by the bike path. Uh, you know, down the uh, down the street is um, you know uh, the the city hall or town hall and all of that. Really nice area of the town. Those those buildings have been vacant for a while. I know the ice cream cottage is opening tomorrow. Uh, I saw it the other day. It was um, drove by it and uh, they did a really good job with the uh, with the siding and all. They resided it and all that looks looks really nice. So looking forward to seeing uh how all that shakes out over there i think it's going to be a positive development for for um for that area that neighborhood in fairhaven let's go back to the phones good evening hey how you doing good how are you pretty good hey what do you think about uh covid uh being all eradicated uh today at midnight so so what the end of the public health emergency yeah um it's good it's a good thing right Good, long time coming. Yeah, I, I know it was. It was. It wasn't that long ago. Like three. It was three years ago in like mid March. So it's been three years and change. Um, and I think you know we're at the point where we've got a pretty firm grasp on it. So I think it's about right. time. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't long ago that I was an essential worker, and I had to go to work for the state until a certain date that I had to take a vaccine of an experimental drug. Or get fired, and that's what happened. Yeah, yeah, a couple of years back, and finally they kind of turned it down. But I'm glad it's over. But uh, I think the whole thing is crazy. I think it's crazy what they put us all through. I think it was a, a whole big social experiment. I think it's going to come around again. They tried with the uh, what was it, the butt chicken pox or something like that. They tried a couple months later. That didn't catch on. Monkey pox. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, um, I remember monkeypox was a was a bigger problem down in like the Outer Cape area, um, but yeah, in P Town, in P Town in particular, yeah, it was a it was a bigger problem in P Town. Um, you know, well, if I, you pointed that out, you got in trouble. <laughs> I don't know. Right. I don't know about that. Yeah. I think that. Uh, no, I, I mean, I I think they're pretty open about it. I remember uh, the the senator over there, Julian Seard. You know, had, had gone on, uh, had talked about the work they were doing to to curb the spread of monkey po- uh, pox over in P Town, but um, but yeah, I don't know. You know, I, I think sometimes these, you know, these these types of things happen. It's not the first pandemic that's ever happened. Um, you know, and I, I don't think we, you know, to start, I think we first had a, one in my lifetime, first one since the early what nineteen hundreds or whatever. Right? Yeah, like around nineteen twenty ish, nineteen nineteen. Yeah, this the yeah right Spanish flu. Um, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, well, the one to that scale, to that scale, because, you know, the um, actually uh, swine flu was a was a global pandemic as well. Uh, that was in like what the, the early, early days of the Obama administration. That was a pandemic, but it wasn't as obviously as serious or as widespread as um, 
That one didn't catch. That one didn't. We didn't have Fauci then, or it would have caught on a little bit. Better. We did have yeah. Fauci. We did have Fauci then. He was around, uh, and uh, and the there was. Uh, I remember Ebola. Remember, I don't. Know, Ebola was a thing for like a few weeks. That was like there was only a couple cases. It was more centered in Africa, but there was only a, and there was only a couple cases here domestically. But I remember Ebola was like a was like a thing. I think in like 2013, 2014, something like that. Right. So I'm glad it's over. So all the people driving around with your mask on, take them off. You don't have to drive around by yourself in your car with a mask on. You know, the, the state, they even put out a, a frequently asked questions. A buddy of mine sent it to me. And one of the questions is, what if one of your subordinates is worried that they're working with someone that's supposedly unvaccinated and they're scared, you know, for them for themselves for work? <laughs> yeah. Well, the yeah. good thing well, the good thing is... Um, I think Baker lifted that that whole uh, requirement just before he left office back yeah, in. Yeah, he's terrible. Yeah, that was the most. That, that's terrible. That, that guy, I don't know. Well, yeah. so if you saw the Senate poll, uh, he's he's leading he's leading Warren in a Senate poll. I don't. You wouldn't vote for him. No, I don't. I don't think I ever would. Yeah. All right. No, I never would. Yeah, I think that was a terrible thing what he did to everyone, to all the public workers that were supposedly. You know, essential. All the police officers, all the the, the emergency works, and everything. They just, they just one day you're essential, the next day see you later. You know, and no one thinks twice about it. I think that's a terrible thing to do. I I hear you, man. And, no, and nobody cares until it happens to you. Right. Yeah. No. I I I I get that. Um. I think you know Massachusetts though. We had the lowest. We I think for a while. I I think for a time. We had the lowest amount of contracted cases uh, uh, at the height of the pandemic out of all the states. Yeah, they were doing pretty good. And what, it's funny. One of the things they said that why you had to get vaccinated because you're if you're a public worker, you're in you have to go to public meetings and such. To this day, they're still doing Zoom meetings. Mm. You know, and the majority of them are. So the whole thing was just bogus. Well, there were some people. There was there was definitely some. Uh, there were a lot of state workers that had to be frontline. I mean, first responders in particular had to be frontline, right? Sure, but you, but they should have actually taken it on a case by case basis, right? Okay, which they didn't. They just basically across the board. See you later. Yeah, they did. They did do that. Yeah, I think the yeah. I think the point was they wanted to. I think part of that was the they wanted the added effect of disseminating the vaccine as much as possible because yeah. they saw that as the and, best they saw that as the best solution to try to, right. to to rein this in and the funny thing is so months later i think it was last october they sent out a letter offering the jobs back they sent me a letter do you want your job back and i asked them so they say now we've reached a herd immunity i said what was the difference in the percentage when you fired me versus percentage then they wouldn't answer the question but it was literally like a half a percent you know in the year, so the, right. the whole thing is just a, a crock. You know? I, you know, I'm not an uh, epidemiologist, but maybe the uh, maybe the half a percentage makes makes uh, <laughs> makes a lot of difference. <laughs> ninety five, ninety five and a half, right? <laughs> <laughs> it pushes over the limit. I, hey, you never know. Yeah, I'm not sure, but yeah. Hey, have a good one. You you too. Thanks for the call. 508-996-0500. You know, it just reminds me that. Uh, Phil uh, Paleologus has his last uh, show. Um, tomorrow. Why it reminds me, why the pandemic remind, reminded me of that is because my very first time hosting a show here at WBSM, because, you know, I was on as a weekly contributor at the Chris McCarthy show for a while back. I started back in 2018. 
remember that I was 29 years old 2018 uh, in the summer of 2018 and I was on every week with Chris and we had a lot of fun some good moments there but the um I eventually you know worked you know I eventually uh got to to the point where I was entrusted to host a, a show and host a um you know uh, be a fill-in host and my very first fill-in was the morning show the morning mayor Phil Paleologus and uh I was real excited <laughs> I was really excited I'm like finally this is taking off I got the hosting gig I'm going to do a lot more hosting it's going to be a big thing you know everything's coming together so nicely and then I mean not even 3 or 4 days later bam the 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 world shuts down uh, essentially I remember covid being a topic of discussion actually in that whole um in that whole uh at the time it was 6 to 10 so in that in that 4 hour span um but uh yeah that then everybody went remote so I had to call into Chris's show and all of that and then eventually once things started to ease up a little bit towards the end of the summer and the fall, I, that's when I had gotten the Marcus Farrow show on Saturdays and I uh, was on Saturday one to four and then eventually uh, elevated to um, South Coast tonight. And um, uh, it's been, it's, you know, it's been a great experience, but I just wanted to write, I just reminded me, uh, you know, Phil's last day is tomorrow and we want to obviously congratulate Phil on an extraordinary run as the, um, as the, uh, as the morning host at WBSM and, um, you know, looking forward to seeing what he does in the next chapter, uh, of his, uh, career and his, uh, of his life. He's a great guy. He was a great colleague, provided a lot of mentorship to, um, a lot of us newcomers in the broadcast business. And so, um, just wanted to commemorate him and congratulate him on a job well done as the, um, as the morning, uh, as the morning mayor. And he'll be the, as Michael Rock said in his most recent article, you can check it out on WBSM.com. It was really well written. The morning mayor, uh, emeritus. 508-996-0500. Good evening. Marcus. Hey. It's Sam. How are you? Hey, Sam. What's up? Ah, just checking in, see how you're doing. I'm well, um, thanks. So, um, Bill is leaving. How, how many years did he actually, uh, uh, I've been listening to this radio show for so long, and this station for so long that I go back to Jean Kale Bancroft, and um, she was a, do you remember her at all, or were you too young? I was that? too young, yeah. Yeah, she was, she had a Saturday morning show, um, I'm pretty sure Jim Phillips was in the newsroom back then. And yeah. then, uh, it was a, um, oh, I'm trying to think of all the other hosts, but, um, so Phil's still going to, still going to be at the station. Is that correct? He'll still be that. Yeah. He'll still be. I, I know Michael had mentioned in his piece, he's trying to talk him into doing a weekend show and, okay. and, uh, he'll be doing, uh, he'll be doing, um, He'll be doing like guest hosting duties as well when, uh, when somebody, uh, one, when right. one, you know, one of the full time people needs a break. Right. Or vacations and things. Yeah. So, um, is there, are there any rumors that you can hint about? Or no idea. Is it still top secret. No idea. <laughs> They're not telling you. When either. I know, when I know, when I know, you'll know. Uh, yeah. so that's that's kind of the situation here. I, I just, you know, my whole thing here is is when people ask me that stuff, I, I just I just show up and talk, and I show up and talk when they ask me to. So um, I, I don't, I, do yeah. So I'm not privy to any of the big decision makers, but I imagine that's going to play. I imagine that whole thing is going to play out in the coming days or weeks, and we'll have a clearer picture on that uh, sooner than later. Yeah, and I'm sure maybe they'll they may just do it with fill-ins for now too until they come up with who they want permanently. 
I'm sure Jess will probably be in there a few days and taking up some time. And, um, you know, who knows if Brian will come back for a couple of days during the week. Yeah, I mean, we've got a good, the, the good thing about WBSM here is we, we've got a, we've got a deep bench. Uh, so right. we'll, um, you know, there'll probably be some interims and other stuff, but, uh, until there's yeah. something more permanent. But again, I'm, uh, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm not, I'm not privy to any of the big decision making going on. So, uh, I'll, yeah, like yeah. I said, when I know, you'll know. Yeah, I was really surprised to hear you the other morning. I was like, oh, oh yeah. what happened to Phil? Yeah, I was, I was, I was, I was surprised to be there. It was, it was just, um, I, you know, I, uh, I'd been asked to fill in because I'd had, I'd taken, um, I'd taken Tuesday off in the evening because I had stuff going on in the evening. So I'd taken Tuesday off. Jess was filling in. So I had that, I had that time. Yeah. Yeah, I had that, I'd had that time in the morning. So I was like, yeah, sure. I'll, I'll do it. Um, so yeah, it was, that was a different experience for sure. Uh, waking up. I wake up at a pretty good time, but it's never never at five a.m. So that was a different experience for me, for sure. Oh, I could talk. To, I could talk to my neighbor uh, down uh, right next to me, and he like he gets up at like three o'clock in the morning. Yikes! And if, if it wasn't for me being in the condition I'm in, and that I, he knows I sleep late, he'd yeah. probably be out there cutting grass at six. Yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. He, he, that guy has more energy than I can than anybody can imagine. To get up at that hour, I imagine. Yeah, I know. Kate Robinson in the newsroom says she gets up at three forty-five every morning, and uh, hearing that made me tired. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. I, yeah. I mean, I you know, I, I used to like getting up early before I took ill, and uh, I'm you know, I just don't have it in me anymore to be able to do that stuff. But, of course, um, I loved mornings. I mean, that was that was the best part of the day. You know, yeah, mornings are good. It's good to get up earlier to to just get a, a, yeah. a better start in the day too, for sure. Yeah. All right. Um, how about Chris? How's he doing? He's well. Uh, talked to him yeah. earlier today. Um, yep. He's good. doing well. Uh, he might maybe back tomorrow. Maybe next week. Not sure. Yeah, but he's he's good. I, I have yet to meet him. I, I really would like to meet him. When he first had the show on on the weekends, I used to talk call in a lot more. Yeah, you know, and joke with him about being the unofficial co-host and stuff. And it was it was fun. He, he's a back and forth Chris for a is a, Chris is an uh, Chris is an enigma. Um, <laughs> so uh, yeah, he's he's. Uh, uh, I know a lot of people want to 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 meet Chris, um, but. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, um, he, he's, you know, he is, he's on air. He's the same guy on air as he is off air, you know, same exact yeah. guy. And I think, I think him, I think I'd get along with him because, it, you know, I've listened to him for so long. And like I said, I did talk to him a lot more when it was just him. And mm-hmm. then you came in as, as the co-host with him. And then I kind of just, <clears throat> you know, I kind of gave up on the joke thing that we were doing, but it was, it was fun. He played right, right along too. Yeah. <laughs> he would tell people, oh yeah, this is Sam. He's my unofficial co-host. <laughs> Yeah, so, you can still fun. be the unofficial co-host. I mean, we we're we're good with that. I I, okay. I you know Chris and I both enjoy that. That's fine. All right, sounds good. Hey, thanks, man. Uh, Pre- oh, I didn't mean to do that. That was an abrupt hang up, and I'm sorry. Five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred. Good evening. Good evening. How you doing? Good. All right. Is there any way you can get Barry Richard to retire? <laughs> no, Barry's Barry's doing a great job. What an, uh, <laughs> no, Barry's been great to me. He's been a great colleague, and uh, he's got an audience. We've all got our own audiences, and I think that's what um, well, makes the station great. He's on his second term. I think he's uh, done with his term limits. He's seven years, one more year. We should get rid of him. All right, man. I, I got to let you go on that. I, I, I appreciate the. I appreciate the call. No, Barry's a. Barry's doing a great job. He's he's got a great, uh, very strong audience, a great loyal following, and uh, he's been a fantastic colleague and friend to me uh, throughout my time here at WBSM. So I, I, I'm looking forward to more years with uh, 
with Barry uh, at the helm in the uh, in the twelve to three slot. So five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred. Hey, listen, we all here at WBSM have varying uh, political views. Mine are obviously the best political views um, and the most accurate ones. <laughs> but uh, but uh, that's what makes uh, I think that that that's what's given us such a broad audience and uh, such a profound. I think uh, a profound impact on the local conversation is that we're able to sort of have a mel- melting pot of influ- a melting pot of ideas and influences here at WBSM, and are able to really have a diverse and uh, wide uh, wide ranging uh, conversation on uh, the things that uh, really that really matter here. So. 508-996-0500 is how you can get in the program. We can also take your messages on the WBSM app chat. I got to take a break. We'll be right back. Hey, welcome back to the show. I'm Marcus, 508-996-0500. Didn't get an update from the city council chambers. I know Adam Bass is uh, has been over there. Um, doesn't seem like anything particularly newsworthy. I know that uh, city council at large, uh, Ian Abrams presiding over the meeting because Council President Morad is uh, away. And uh, typically that's the duties of the first vice president, uh, the person who's usually most recently served uh, as uh, council president before the current president. And that is Ian Abrams. So he presided over the meeting. Haven't heard um, a whole lot on that, um, especially... You know, with the drama of the last meeting, I thought there might be a little bit of something, but it looks like uh, it was a pretty thin agenda uh, thus far. So not much to report there. Um, but I'm here with you till 10, 508-996-0500 is how you can join me. We can take your messages on the WBSM app chat, uh, on the WBSM app chat as well. So let's... um. Tell you what, I'm going to take another break now because we're a little, little backed up uh, on the commercial front. So listen to our sponsors uh, and then go out and uh, purchase the product or service um, that they provide because uh, they keep the lights on here. Um, and uh, you know, they're not. It's not just an investment in us; it's an investment in our wonderful audience, which is you guys. So stay tuned. I'm going to take another break. We'll be right back. New Bedford's News Talk Station, 1420 WBSF. This time next week, I'll be sick in bed with West Nile virus. Thanks to a mosquito bite right in front of my house. In eight minutes, my daughter will be in an ambulance having an asthma attack triggered by cockroaches. I'm going to be bitten by a tick today. I won't even know it until Lyme disease turns my life upside down. Learn how to protect your family at pestworld.org. A public service message from the National Pest Management Association and the CDC. Young people are leaving foster care at the age of 18 with little support and few skills. The National Fund for Foster Children partners with individuals, businesses, churches, and civic groups to provide mentorship, training, and assistance to foster children. Teach a young person a new skill or help them with homework. You don't need to be a foster parent to help a foster child. To find out how you can help, go to fosterchildrenfund.org or contact us on Facebook, National Fund for Foster Children. Veterans and their families are popular targets for financial fraud. Scammers may try to defraud you through misleading commercials, emails, texts, cold calls, or online ads. They may even pose as someone from VA or an organization providing discounts on fees for services. But VA will never charge you for processing a claim. Do not provide your personal information to anyone other than a VA-accredited representative. 
To find a representative near you, visit va.gov forward slash find dash rep. You never know who will call in the South Coast tonight. But they want to hear from you most of all. Call 508-996-0500 or use the WBSM app to send an app chat text message or leave voicemail. Welcome back to the show. I'm Marcus, 508-996-0500. That's how you can join us this evening. We can also take your messages on the WBSM app chat. Um, uh, so... Yeah, I'm just checking Adam Bass's uh, updates of the city council meeting. And, yeah, it, it ended actually at uh, 7.20. So it was just, uh, that's it. Yep, that's it. So no update on that front. Uh, we were talking about the Prop 2.5 override. We can still talk about that. Uh, we can still talk about that at 508-996-0500. But essentially, with the Prop 2.5 override, there's going to be a vote on June 5th. Uh, voters can decide whether or not they want to override Prop 2.5 for this year. And it'll set. it'll be just for this year, but it'll set the levy limit. And that will be the new levy limit in perpetuity. If they wanted to raise the levy limit, which is the amount, the total percentage amount in which taxes can be raised every year, um, they'd have to go back to the ballot. There's basically two types of there's basically two types of um, overrides. Ones are for capital projects, which are basically for the life of the project, um, for the life of the project, and um, the others. Uh, the others are. Um, the others are, are debt exclusions, which are the ones that we're looking for, which is a um, more permanent. The capital projects is usually like building of a school is typically one of the uh, things that or building of a municipal building, like uh, anything like that can be the subject of a prop two and a half override. So those are the things that are usually subjected to that. But uh, this is going to be a uh, debt exclusion um, two and a half. Uh, override. I know there's some informational videos on that. We've had members of the Slave and Select Board come and talk about it. There is a $450,000 budget shortfall um, that if they can't make up with the two and a half override, that means they're going to have to cut departments and services to the department. Um, I know that there's been some signs out there. Um, a lot of, uh, I don't know about a lot. There's been, there's been a, a good amount of signs in visible areas saying, first they said, vote no on prop 2.5 with like several exclamation marks. And I'm like, and I said before, I kind of joked before, I said, I didn't know if that was about the total, about the, um, I didn't know if that was about like vote no against the override or vote no on the, just the general policy of, <laughs> Prop two and a half, but then I saw some more signs that seemed to be a little bit more clear. It says vote no on any and all overrides of Prop two and a half. Uh, it was similar, similarly formatted. So I don't know if that was a response to me, um, but 
uh, it's definitely a little bit more clear. So it seems like those those signs were for against the override of Prop 2.5. But there are concerns uh, with the fire department staffing levels, the school department budget, and uh, positions that need to be filled in town that they aren't able to adequately uh, offer a competitive a competitive salary for, very similarly to New Bedford. And so those are things that need to be taken into consideration, I think, um, because those they'll have to cut that from the budget. And after they cut that from the budget, those services will be cut as well. Cutting budgets is typically cutting services. So just um, like Bill Clinton said, arithmetic, right? And... Um, they said like, uh, there's a good article in the neighborhood news that sort of spells it out. Uh, Beth David had written, uh, I think a couple months ago and it essentially said like on a house that's $395,000, the total increase in tax with the two and a half override to fill the $450,000 uh, budget shortfall would be about $43. So you'd see an increase in your tax bill from the two and a half override of about $43 total, um, for, the year. Um, so that's, that's the, um, that's the, that is the tax burden you'd assume. Uh, it does, of course, uh, set that levy limit in perpetuity. So I understand that there may be some reservations, but I think an additional $43, if you live in a house that's $395,000, some are more, some are less, right? So that's going to vary. Maybe that's the average cost of a home in Fairhaven now. I'm not sure, but, um, I think it's worth, honestly, the, um, you know, pr- being able to provide like the, fundamental services that municipal government is uh, supposed to offer because they can't keep just borrowing from free cash unfortunately there does come to a point where if you want things they get they're going to have to be paid for and right now there's not a way to pay for them that doesn't involve a prop two and a half override so um which of course is unfortunate um but it is you know the way it is right now five zero eight nine nine six 0500 is how you can join me this evening. We can also take your messages on the WBSM app chat. So um, I'm here till 10 o'clock. So give me a call. Give me an app chat message. And uh, we can, uh, we can, you know what I want to talk about the nine o'clock hour, I think is just a little bit fun is that uh, that poll that came out with Elizabeth Warren versus Charlie Baker uh, for Senate. Um, uh, it's, you know, it came out from the Mass Fiscal Alliance, which is obviously a conservative organization, but it's still, I think, something that's worth, uh, discussing as the Senate election for Elizabeth Warren's seat is up in 2024. Ed Markey's is in 2026. Elizabeth Warren, of course, is running for re-election and Ed Markey is um, Ed Markey uh, has indicated that he is running for Senate, running for re-election for the Senate in 2026. So 508 going to take a break. We'll be right back. And we're back. Welcome to South Coast Tonight. I'm Marcus Farrow, just wrapping up the 8 o'clock hour here. Um, 508-996-0500. We're going to go into the 9 o'clock hour. I did want to talk about that poll that came out uh, that was interesting. I think it was it came out today, maybe yesterday, um, that pits uh, former Governor Charlie Baker, who's now the president of the NCAA, against uh, current Senator Elizabeth Warren. And it's shown Charlie Baker uh, had a fairly strong lead uh, against uh, Senator Warren. We'll talk about what it might mean, if it means anything, and um, 
maybe see if there is actually going to be a, a, a legitimate challenger to Elizabeth Warren. My guess is no. I don't think there will be, but I think it's definitely worth discussing. So we'll talk more about that. Um, again, 2024 uh, is uh, next year is when Senator Warren is up for re-election. And 2026 is when Senator Markey is up for re-election. So Senator Warren's also going to have the added benefit of having a, a Democratic uh, president at the top of the ticket uh, to vote with as well. Um, I just, like again, I, I don't know if it's something that's real, but I think it's something that's worth discussing, right? The polling data that came out today. So we will talk about that. We'll take your calls. We'll take your app chat messages. F508-996-0500. That's how you can get on the program. And so we'll take your calls in, in app chat messages into the nine o'clock hour. So thanks for joining me in the eight o'clock hour and the seven o'clock hour. Thanks to Bristol County Sheriff Paul Haro, who I talked to at the beginning of the seven o'clock hour. And we'll talk to, uh, we'll talk with you, um, the talk with you, the, uh, the, the, uh, listener in, uh, in the, uh, till 10 o'clock. So stay tuned. Uh, this is South Coast Night and I'm Marcus. <laughs> 